Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Thought we might have a special guest for you guys tonight, somebody we, we all haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Harry, why don't you uh, start us off, tell us what happened, man. Yeah, so we were going to have Todd because he's finally off tonight, uh, but unfortunately his computer you know, still has a bunch of dust on it, so uh, <laughs> he said it just kept spinning. I'm like, well, that's your fault. You know, should have been on here before. You know, you, know, you, you don't show up, that's that's the penalty, I guess. For his <laughs> computer. Poor guy. It would have been, it would have been awesome to hear his, uh, his views on SAFC, uh, you know, towards the later half of the show and Maybe he'll get it working, but uh, it's it's not looking good. He said, and I think you mentioned uh, a post on uh, social media. He was looking at at uh, some type of computer, but uh, I guess he did not pull a trigger. Didn't pull the trigger on the computer or the blender, is my understanding. But hopefully, we get a uh, Todd back on here soon and everything. Uh, but we do have Rafa with us again this evening. How are you doing tonight, Rafa? Good, good. Little uh, relaxation from the travels. Yeah. Uh, Austin last week. Well, I was at the Austin Bowl game. I went up with Harry there. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll talk a little bit about that game. Yeah, Brad for Jameson has to be a topic between you two, and yeah. we'll. Yeah, I don't know if we. I don't know if we had enough evidence. I, me, me, and Rafa were talking in, in this last game. We didn't really have enough Jameson evidence, enough film on tape to make a a ruling yet. But I, I think we're gonna both try and get uh, some press passes for this next one, so we can be up there in the uh, media perch. And uh, me and him are gonna break it down from that angle, so we can see a little bit more of uh, what's happening off the ball. Uh, and like you said, we'll get into that SAFC talk uh, here in a little bit. Uh, but Harry, I think you were the first one man so far, kind of up to the plate for the uh, WPSL match when you saw uh, Lone Star take on Alamo City on Friday evening. I understand you and Danielle were there. Uh, why don't we start off with mm -hmm. a, a little bit of the, the women's action? Because I know we kind of focused uh, some on the men's on the last episode. So tell us a little bit about that Lone Star versus uh, Alamo City WPSL game. Yeah, so you and I, well, I went to the Alamo City one on Friday, and then you and I both went to uh, the Athenians on uh, on Saturday. Um, I thought both of them, you know, just talking about the environment uh, and, you know, talking about crowds, both of them had a really good setup. Um, as far as crowd-wise, I was impressed by both, uh, bo bo you know, both. Um, I know the Crocketeers were out, uh, you know, at the Athenians match and, and you know, it was an awesome job by, you know, by uh, Thomas and Warren and, and, and the spouses of both of them, uh, you know, because, you know, they manned the food line all game line and, you know, while, while Thomas and uh, Warren uh, drink some beers and, and talk some stuff. So, uh, you know, Soldier shout out to too. them guys. So, uh, but uh, as far as to kick off, uh, you know, you know, for the action this week here, um, the Athenians, uh, they uh, lost five to, five to nothing in the opening against uh, the defending champion, Houston Aces. And uh, to be honest with you, they showed why they're the defending champions. And, you know, uh, I'd be interesting to see how they face off. Uh, they, you know, they played the last game of the year at the end of the month, or la last game of the year at the end of the month on the 29th uh, uh, for that year. So uh, they're there. But as far as for Alamo City, uh, they played a, t a tough Lone Star team. Uh, it was one nothing. They got a goal early. Um, off of a header, I want to say within the first 10 minutes, and uh, you know, the, you know, they held strong through the rest. And to be honest with you, they had the better scoring chances. 
Uh, Lone Star had some better chances in the second half um, for that here. But uh, to me, the environment where they had, um, you were able to get beers and margaritas and, you know, they had a couple of food trucks out there. And uh, what I enjoyed at both games here, there was a spot for the kids uh, to go play soccer behind. So if they wanted to watch for a little bit, they could. But afterwards, they had the fields behind where they could go and uh, kick the ball. And, and, and to me, it was, wasn't just Dan and AJ, but it was you know, three, four, five of them out there uh, doing it. Unfortunately, uh, Alamo City uh, on Sunday uh, had a rough match against AHFC Royals, uh, where they ended up uh, losing nine to nothing. Um, I did reach out to Alamo. Uh, they mentioned, uh, you know, that they own the results, but uh, you know, they, you know, the short turnaround, they had some nicks and some players that didn't show up, and unfortunately, they had three own goals, which uh, kind of didn't help the situation uh, for Alamo City. They're going to start off, uh, their next match is on Wednesday uh, at uh, San Antonio Blossoms, um, which I, I think I'm going to try to see if I can get out to there, um, be at the Blo Blossoms home opener uh, for there. Um, and then uh, Saturday they play at TTI Blue Bonnets uh, for that there. Um, for the Blossoms, they also started out uh, on the road at TTI Blue Bonnets and lost one nothing uh, for that here. Don't have a lot of results on that one here. When I did look at the schedule, it looks like it was a late the winner for TTI Blue Bonnets, I think around the 85th minute uh, for that. For Alamo City, the uh, UPSL side here, uh, them and Samba, the Lady Sambas, uh, played to a 0-0 tie at 4 o'clock on, uh, on the first there at uh, Alamo, Alamo Sports Complex there. So not a whole lot to report on that. And then, of course, uh, they'll play next on the 15th. Uh, against uh, San Antonio Sporty. Um, speaking of San Antonio Sporty, um, they did not play this week, so they were off. Uh, they next play against uh, on the road against FC Coyotes. And for Samba, uh, they had the Alamo City, and then they play also on the 22nd, so they're off for you know, for a little bit. Um, on the men's side, uh, kind of a big upset. I think most of us... Uh, uh, thought here uh, with uh, the Samba men upsetting FC Waco uh, three to two uh, for that here. So that's a, a good win for John and his um, John and his boys here. Um, and uh, they play again on Saturday against uh, Round Rock and Sunday uh, against FC Thunder. So and both of those are at Wheatley Heights. So um, the Saturday games at seven and the Sunday games at five. Uh, for that. So a big week for Samba as we talk uh, standings here in a minute here. Uh, for the runners, uh, they got a impressive 4-0 win over Round Rock um, on the first there, and they play uh, FC Thunder on Saturday uh, for that here. I did check with Mason just you know, just to touch base with him. Um, he mentioned that you know he's really proud of the guys, and he's actually been um, out of town, so his assistants that were kind of running things. So he was really happy that, even though he wasn't there, that he had uh, uh, the leadership to kind of step in and help uh, help run the team uh, for that there. Um, the Thunder, uh, unfortunately, had another rough weekend. Uh, they lost 4-1 to to backcountry, uh, you know, you know uh, on the road there. Um, they've got kind of a big, uh, big weekend coming up where they play the runners on the 8th and Samba on the 9th. So... And both are away, so you know runners uh, Saturday at seven and turn around at five o'clock on on uh, Sunday on the ninth there. So it'll be interesting as they're off to a little bit of a struggling start. And then the Corinthians, uh, they had a they had a three zero win over Cedar Stars uh, for that here. And their next game is going to be 
against Houston FC, you know, at Warrior Stadium um, Saturday at a noon t- noon kickoff uh, for that here. So um, if you don't have time to you know, anything to do Saturday and mid morning or Saturday morning or I guess mid morning, uh, it'll be an interesting kickoff time at noon. Uh, looking at the standings uh, for it here. With uh, the Heart Conference, uh, San Antonio Runners and Waco are tied at 25 points. Goal difference has uh, the Runners in first uh, is plus two, so that one's going to be a battle. And then, you know, I did reach out, and the reason why that's even a bigger battle is uh, nine teams make the playoffs, so uh, top three in each each uh, division. So whoever has the best record will get that by that first round. So right now it's shaping up to either be um, the runners or FC Waco. So if you can get a buy that first week to, to extend to the second week of the playoffs, that's all more important. Um, Samba is one point there. Well, Coyotes FC is technically still in third, but they played 12 matches at 21 points. Um, Samba and Backcountry both have eight and they're at 16 and 15. So I think those are the true battle for that third spot here where you know they've got four games in hand and only need five points so you're gonna you're gonna figure that they're gonna pick up some points along the way so um that one will be an interesting battle uh, to work out and then in the south uh, right now the corinthians are um, actually in pretty good shape here they're in third place already they played eight games at 18 points um athletical katie's behind them at 17 but they played two more matches so um, if the Corinthians can still hold on um, to current form, they should be in the top, uh, you know, top top three pretty sure. comfortably. Yeah. Um, question is, is whether they can make up the difference to try to get that number one, uh, number one slot. I guess the other outside candidate for the number one slot would have to be Houston FC because they played nine games and have 22 points um, on there as well. So they might be another contender for that for that buy spot, um, you know, because they do have an extra, they have a game in, in hand. And their goal difference is a, a plus 21. So I'm interested to see how that would kind of work out because they're in different conferences. Um, you know, how, if they're equal on points, how they're, how, you, how you're going to, you know, separate, you know, who gets the number one seed if it is tied. But, uh, um, you know, for the men, as far as the ladies, because they just uh, recently started um, for the Houston Aces, uh, I think, you know, I tweeted out, I think they've already got it clinched. Um, they've already played three games. They're you know they're three and zero. They haven't been scored on, and they're a plus fourteen. So um, I'm, I will have to do some research on the uh, on the uh, UPSL the, and WPSL. Uh, the, the 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 WS the, the UWS um, to see what their playoff structure is. Um, but you know I think you could almost pencil in you know the Aces on winning that conference at this point. Um, as far as for the standings in the WPSL South, it's very, very early. Um, AH, AHFC is uh, top of 10 points. Um, Alamo City does have six points tied for third, but they've also played uh, a game you know, game or two before, and the Blossoms have only played uh, one game, so it's still real early for them. And in the women's, uh, Samba's leading with one win, two draws at five points. Uh, Alamo City is second uh, with four points, and Sporty's only got one, but they've only played one point, so it's real early on that side uh, for that here. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the you know Alamo City uh, UPSL team does. And uh, Sporty, I haven't really seen a whole lot of them. I haven't made out to see them at all yet, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how they shape up uh, with it. But any thoughts on the lower leagues? Uh, anything catches your catches your attention? 
Yeah, obviously, you know, big win for Samba against FC Waco. Uh, that was huge. Uh, really helped them out in the standings. Uh, like you said, with only the uh, top three teams making it, it kind of looks like FC Thunder Bernie may be the odd team out this year, you know, just barely missing the playoffs last year with kind of a loss there at the end of the season when they needed a win. Uh, but this year, just uh, not really doing as well, you know, with only two wins and six losses and no draw. So I think that's kind of been a a little bit of a surprise this season in the UPSL. Um, as you mentioned, San Antonio Corinthians are, are really hot right now and, and doing pretty good there in the uh, South Division. So they should definitely, I, I think, advance to the uh, the playoffs. But um, I'm kind of curious, you know, with what you saw Alamo City doing out there at their game on Friday night and just kind of, you know, the crowd and the atmosphere and all the different things that we saw at the Athenians game on a Saturday night. You know, they say that competition is good. It, it kind of helps make things better. Uh, you know, is, is that kind of a new standard now? Because even when the Athenians were playing in the WPSL two seasons ago, I mean, nobody was selling beer, nobody was tailgating. And, and now you have a few different clubs that are all trying mm -hmm. to get the, the food trucks out there and something for the kids. Do you think that part of that is just this competition, you know, in, in attracting fans to come out to the matches? Well, I, well, I think it's kind of two separate things. I know with the Crocketeers, they're going back to the roots of supporting all San Antonio soccer, or, you know, through there. So um, I think they got a little specialized too much on, on San Antonio FC and under Thomas's leadership, he wants to branch out a little bit more. And, and to me, it kind of helps build that, build that group to where, you know, where it's not just the SAFC, it's, it's more San Antonio soccer, um, you know, for the hair. So I know for the Crocketeers, that's, that's kind of a little bit more driving behind supporting both, um, you know, both, you know, both the teams. Now, the question kind of comes into me that I've kind of thought, you know, thought on here is it does seem like uh, the Athenians have stepped in to be our, our SAFC team where they're the top dog. I, I think when you look at social media, they're, they're all over the radio. I think they've been on TV. Um, they have a lot more media presence behind them. Um, the marketing, you know, team behind them is good, and they're they're a known. They're to me, they're just like uh, the Scorpions, like the SAFC. They've got a name, they've got a brand out there. Um, I think as, as far as for Alamo City, where they have the advantages, even though they're they're a club team, uh, you know, per se with academy underneath them. Um, unlike the Blossoms, where I think initially they had a good pop coming out, but then it just disappeared, and and you know, I think classical elites behind them. Yep. They're more internal and, and you know, in, in speaking with some of the uh, uh, Alamo City fans um, and, and parents of, of one of the girls there, um, they, they say that, you know, they got a lot of talent in, in you know, because she's in that that environment that it's just a different, different way of, of taking things. So um, I'll be interested to kind of see the Blossoms turn out. Um, on Wednesday, you know, and, and I know it's a, a mid midweek game, but you know, it was a Friday night game for uh, Alamo, Alamo City. City. You know, I liked, you know, I live next to Alamo City, and, and you know, like I said last episode, they're probably going to be my team that I kind of root for just because they're the team closest to me. Um, you know, they, they engage if I, if I send them a message, they'll they'll typically respond in a pretty timely manner. Um, Blossoms have yet to respond, and, and not saying that uh, the the Athenians don't respond either because they do. Um, but I think when it comes to, I think the level 
and I know Samba's probably not going to like this. I think they've raised the level even for the UPSL men's teams um, to where, you know, if, if you're going to get out, I think there's, what, six women's teams, right, I think, out there right now. Um, what, four, or, well, three, three lower divisions men's teams. You're all fighting for that little, you know, for, you know, for the, you know, for the San Antonio, you know, soccer fans. And to me, you know, you've got to be able to be out on social media. You got to be able to, you know, be out in the community. And while I'm not as close to know exactly with what Samba has locally the, in the area there, I do know when it comes to crowd wise, I don't think they, I don't think at least recently they're beating with what's, you know, what we saw at the opinions last night or, uh, or not last night, but Saturday on, on night. Saturday, um, or, you know, you know, even what uh, Alamo city had now, I think Alamo city has got a little bit of an advantage because a lot of them are Academy parents, mm-hmm. um, that come out and help support. So I think that is, that is an advantage, but the environment that they put out is, you know, it, you know, it's close to the field and, you know, you've been out to Wheatley. It's, you know, it's a high school, it's a high school stadium. So you're not as, you know, you're not as near to the action as you are at, at these other two places. So what was your thoughts on, on the Athenians uh, setup? Yeah. You, so I thought the Athenians had a great setup out there. I mean, obviously you saw the whole home side of the bleachers were full. They even had some traveling fans from the Houston Aces on mm-hmm. the opposite side when I went over there at halftime, just to kind of try and get a better view because I mean, you couldn't, if you didn't, we, we went in probably 30 minutes before kickoff and, you know, you were already, they were only what, five, six tier bleachers. It's not like they were grandstands mm-hmm. or anything, but I mean, it was already all the way to the 18, you know, you, there was no seats available in between the 18 yard boxes, unless you went to the other side. So we went over there after. And the, they were uh, pretty filled. It wasn't, yeah. you know, a lot of empty spaces. The, 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 they were filled in people, you know, I'm not saying you're cramped like a movie, but right. there wasn't a lot of empty spaces in there. Right. So, I mean, I, I thought it was a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, my question probably is going to be uh, with how well the Houston Aces played. What are these other teams in the UWS going to look like? Was that kind of a sign of things to come for the San Antonio Athenians? I uh, felt like in that first 15 minutes, they kind of held their own, but you could tell they were a little bit more rusty than what the Aces were, having played three games already and being the defending champions. Uh, three games, but, but yeah. Uh, excuse me, three games. So, uh, yeah, I just... I, I I wonder, too, with the level of competition that we might see from the UWS, uh, if having the number of women's teams that we do in San Antonio is what's going to cause the Athenians to not be as competitive because of the talent being spread out amongst all these different clubs. Uh, because I felt like if you could take the best three players from you know Samba and the best three players from the Blossoms and from Alamo city and, and you threw that into an 18 or whatever there for a team like Athenians competing in the UWS, they probably would have had a lot better showing. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I think that the Athenians goalkeeper leaves a lot to be desired. Even on that first goal mm-hmm. that they scored on that free kick, I could see her setting up her wall from where I was sitting and Delaney was the only one next to me, but I said, watch goal near post before the, the kicker even took it. And I, yeah, mean, I saw that she, too. We were sitting she, on the other side. She left it wide open. You know I mean? She, she, she didn't have her wall set up correctly. Um, it just, just wasn't that strong. And I feel like if you're going to compete, you know, you're going to have to try and keep the score a lot closer and you're really going to need a strong keeper to do that. Uh, but we'll see, you know, how the season goes. Like I say, it was still their first game. You could tell they were a little rusty. I mean, you can practice all you want, but Getting into game scenarios and game speed, Rafa, I mean, you can probably speak to that a little bit. How different is it, you know, in training and in preparation versus 
come Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, game speed, you can't mock it from practice to the actual game. So you really, like I guess, you have to bring your hustle when you play the real game. As a coach, you know, you try to do as much as you can to kind of simulate it, but it's nothing like the real thing. I was curious about the makeup of the Athenians because I looked at the roster of the Aces and they were pretty, it should have had, they had a lot of experienced players, especially you know, like some members on the Colombian national team on there. So I wonder if that. They're, they're affiliated with the Dash is my understanding. You know, you know, speaking there is them and the Dash have a partnership which you, you could kind of see that town. There, there was a there was a difference, a little rustiness, you know, you know, for the Athenians, and we'll see how they grow. But the the Aces, you know, were definitely you could just tell they they were at a different level. Um, well, and I was kind of surprised by how young they looked. I mean, some of the girls out there, you know, we were talking to Danielle uh, from Las Rojas before the game, and, and I'm sure they do have some veterans. You could see a few players that look to be more of like a veteran kind of leadership player. Uh, but a few of them, I mean, they looked young. And uh, you know, we didn't get a copy of the roster to know all the ages and everything to be able to speak to it a little bit more accurately as far as like an average age goes or anything. But some of those girls looked pretty young out there. And I mean, they could play even for, you know, what looked to be maybe like 17, 16, 18 year olds uh, out there. So they were a, a pretty strong team. Uh, probably one of the most impressive teams I've seen playing in women's here in San Antonio outside of maybe some of the international friendlies and, and things like that. But as far as league play goes, Houston Aces were on point. But I'm going to counter you and it, it won't benefit them this year. But if we can determine and in, in, in say the UWS is a tier higher than, let's say, you know, the UPSL and oh, um, the WPSL, WPSL, I think is a little bit, a little bit there. Yeah. I think you're going to be able to see some of the talent start to rise to where maybe the Athenians, you know, and, and I hate saying poach, but start to be able to get some of those better players with better offers, um, you know, depending on, you know, you know, the pay structure and stuff like that, which is, you know, I have zero clue on, but, that might be something to where if we can get a little bit of a tiered for the women's game to where maybe, you know, some of these young talents, you know, with, with, you know, especially to me, the UPSL teams, if you can start to get to that to where they can maybe take that next step. Um, and I guess the WPSL as well, where they can take that next step. If, um, you know, if, if the, you know, UWS is really going to be the, that second tier for, uh, you know, for the women that, that they're, tr that they're trying to be, that might be something to where, Right now, it may be a disadvantage, but maybe in a year or two, it could be a huge advantage to where, the, you know, they have all these teams that are kind of help feeding um, not only San Antonio, not only local colleges, but, you know, you know other other programs to where, you know, maybe in the NWSL, you know, you'll have some, you know, some local San Antonio talent that's came through the pipeline. And that would be great to see. I mean, we've often talked about, you know, what some of these girls' hopes are for what they're playing for just because, unfortunately, the, uh, the leagues here for the women, you know, not as many opportunities and things like that professionally to play as what there are for the men with the USL and all the different, you know, tiers and everything. Uh, but I think even more so than, than pay structure, I think what some of these girls are going to start to notice is, is just the attention. You know, like you saw a couple yeah. of the players on Good Day SA or Good Morning SA or whatever. I mean, I hate to say it, but I just don't think you're going to get some of those same opportunities playing in the WPSL. Obviously, the UPSL is a brand new league. It's starting to try and build, so you can't really put that even in the same tier. The WPSL, with the number of teams that they have and everything, to me would be a closer competitor. 
But I think also too, Harry, that a lot of these girls, the way they're choosing their teams is based upon how comfortable they are with the trainings and who they're training with, with and coaches, how those yeah. trainings are going on exactly. Because I know through speaking to some of the Blossom players, that's kind of why they decided to stay with the Blossoms instead of going back to the Athenians is because they like the practices and the training sessions and things like that a little bit more. So I wonder if the other attractive factor maybe now that you saw Rafa Castillo out there as head coach, how many of these girls would love to train and learn under somebody like Rafa Castillo versus some of these other clubs where, you know, it's probably some of the same academy coaches and things like that that are running the UPSL and WPSL teams. But I think the other key, and this is no slight to the Athenians, you've got to see some stability. Um, you know, they played it. They had a great first year, took the second year off. Seem like they're starting well, you know, you know, you know, year, you know, technically year three, I guess, if you could say of women's soccer here in San Antonio, where, you know, as much as I give Blossoms grief, they're, they, they made it to year two without no breaks. Yeah. Um, well, and even this season, you know, the split off, like you saw from the Corinthians, you know, the switch mm-hmm. to going sporty. and playing in yeah, UWS. I mean, there, there's been some changes even this season before it kicked off. So that's a great point. You know, obviously a little bit of stability is going to be important too when it comes to the training and everything else. So it's a good point. So I think that's, I think, you know, I think that's going to be the key. If, if the Athenians are going to be that, that, that true top team, you know, for San Antonio ladies, you know, soccer, football, they've got to develop that, that stability. Cause to me, the, the facility that they're at, yeah, it's, it's a long ways from where we live, but it seems like an awesome site, you know, and, and like I said here, it seemed like Cibolo was, was out in supporting it. Um, you know, uh, to me, I enjoyed that, you know, you know, they allowed the Crocketeers to do what, you know, what they did without any, you know, without any issues. Um, Cause I think other facilities may not have allowed, uh, you know, allowed that activity. So. Well, you had some of the city leaders from Cibolo and stuff like that out there too. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I'm kind of curious about is how long the San Antonio Athenians keep the San Antonio Athenians name? Because I know right now, you know, I hate to say it, but they probably have a ton of merch and a ton of scarves made up where they moved to Cibolo so they couldn't really rebrand too much or else, you know, what are you going to do with all this stuff that you have with San Antonio on it? But I did think it was interesting how much they're really promoting Cibolo and I wonder mm-hmm. if at some point in the future with, you know, all the economic partners and business leaders that they had there, if the city of Cibolo doesn't want a team kind of to call their own versus a San Antonio Athenian team that's playing in Cibolo. They want to vanish. I was going to step into as far as for the Athenians. I like to see them branch out with the youth academy teams. I think like the something that the Blossoms and the Animal City have and an advantage is they got to – a, a tunnel of players that they can go through and develop. And I think that's the disadvantage that the Athenians have. And I like to see them, you know, have their own youth academy teams. Maybe that will help them co- uh, keep their stability, you know, for, they, you know, for the club. When, when they announced the move to Cibolo Multi-Event Center, they did announce that there are plans to have an, a, a women's well, academy know. structure um, in place. But like I said here, we, we've got to see them make it, you know, no offense to the Athenians, but we got to see what you do year two, you know, you know, cause you know, the history says, Hey, you do good, you know, good, you know, the, the first year, but then you took a year, you know, year off. So let's see you actually build on what, you, you know, what you've came in. Cause marketing you guys, you know, to me, you're, you're on par with what San Antonio FC does as, as far as being able to get out there, be able to, I think they're on, 
what was it, uh, you know, the radio more than SAFC is. And, and that's no slight to Kyle and, and um, Aaron, who, who, you know, who both are on, you know, the Ticket 760 and, and, and ESPN 1250 this, this past week. Um, but, you know, with the, was it the Blue Collar Sports Dad? Mm -hmm. um, what's the Hutch, um, you know, from the morning show where they got Mark, Ta you know, Mike Taylor on it? You know, it's, you know, the, the Athenians are well, you know, ha, you know, have been able to infiltrate, you know, the local sports media to me even better than what SAFC has been. If, if you really look at it, you know, fr from that level where, you know, you, you've got, you know, you've got, you know, is a ticket 760, I think is, is where blue collar sports dad yep. is, um, you know, where, you know, where, where they're able to get into there, you know, they've been on, you know, great day SA, um, you know, so Tell as far as from a marketing channels. aspect, you, you, you know, and, and media, you hope that they can, you know, still continue it and it helps build the, the women's games. Cause you know, I know Las Rojas had, you know, has had a couple articles out on it, but uh, um, that is something to where, and, and I think, you know, you and I, when we were out uh, um, at the practice uh, facility over on our side of town, the Athenians do have, have have goals to be able to grow and make this even you know an even more successful um, organization than, than where they are right now. So, but you're right, Rafa. I think the academy is a key piece of that component, and and that's kind of why they're trying to address that. But to Harry's point, you know, and it's it's kind of similar to the the Samba academies. I mean, it's got to be tough to start up a brand new, you know, where they're trying to now bring in some some uh, you know the older players to to play in the academy teams and. There's a lot of competition. I'm sure you're aware of that when it comes to trying to get players to, to fill your, your spots and be competitive and at the same time get guys that you think are going to fit your system. So we'll have to see what happens. But like you say, Harry, I, I think it is one of those wait and see kind of things where it's like, how long can you keep that going? Well, I think that basically covers uh, the lower league news. Like uh, we said, kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on the uh, women's side of things. We'll get some more standings and stuff like that going for graphics. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, UPSL right now still pretty early uh, and the WPSL super early. Uh, but let's get into some San Antonio FC talk. Uh, I know you guys were both there at the match uh, versus the Austin Bold on Wednesday, which was kind of the first. I that match. Did that match really happen? <laughs> we don't we don't need to dive into it too much because i'm sure some of the same topics we want to talk about that one are going to come up against sacramento unfortunately um but you know uh, rafa we, we haven't really given you too much chance to to speak tonight just because of all the lower league talk tell us uh you know what your thoughts were kind of just from that austin match i i had kind of a little high hopes to say hopefully maybe you know being embarrassed the first time so hey, let's let's get let's steal one from these guys and just the little lineup itself. Like, well, what are we doing? You know, we have the first team versus the JV team, and we just we just got Bl I mean, Blake's Creek. Uh, there was like really no effort, um, mainly except for a couple players, really hustled. But you can tell that it was just they were just going through the motions, making dumb mistakes. Um, we even saw a lot of some selfish play that I mean, we were just right there next to, you. yeah, <laughs> and, you know, screaming at each other for the ball. You know, obvious plays that just shouldn't be that should do, but it's more like it's an individual thing. You know, we had a couple people acting like Neymar's and the Messies and all that, and and Austin just took advantage of it. You know, and it's it was kind of embarrassing. You know, it's just 
you know, there was like no, for a team that's a first year team to have more chemistry than a team that has been established already for three or four years, you know, three or four years. So, you know, I just thought I took that from that game. It was so bad that I wouldn't, you know, I met the three birds both cast and, and, you know, we met on pre-match, uh, and then uh, I went over, I think about the, what, the 85th minute somewhere and, and stood and chit chat with them all the way through the end. They were all like, man, what happened? <laughs> Just, you know, they've never, you know, they got what free pretzels or free something, you know, that they never had. They'd never scored what four goals or before, you know, so they were all, you know, and, and the score wasn't even as close as the game. Right. You know, cause there was a shot that, that hit, that hit the goalpost, bounced up and down, and I still don't know how it didn't go in. They missed two PKs. Now they had a follow up on one of them, you know, to 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 clutch it in. the The game wasn't it just it wasn't a competitive game. And you know, when I when I tweeted out early, I think mid afternoon, I tweeted out. I said, "Which lineup do you think is going to come out? You know, is it going to be one? Hey, we're going to try to be able to advance because you know we'll be able to face, uh, you know, an MLS team have that opportunity." Or are they going to, you know, rest and go for the win against Sac, you know, Sac Republic? And unfortunately, it ended up being the latter. And you know, when I saw the the Austin lineup and it was their their first team lineup, you, you knew we were in trouble. And um, it, it was, you know, you know, for the few supporters that that did go up there, it was Bad. you could just tell early it was it was not, you know. It, you know, you guys watched it on TV. It just it wasn't it wasn't a fun environment. Um, so you know, being supporting San Antonio, not saying the bold you know team you know didn't you know you know the bold team didn't support it or you know anything like that because you know what they did for their team was awesome, but it was so rough. If you had to pick, would you go back up there to watch a repeat of the game we lost one zero when it was freezing cold? Or would you go watch the game that we lost 4-0 when we got our ass kicked? 42. 42, excuse Forty-two. me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, 42. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed the first game. It was cold as hell, but the action on the field, it was, it was a competitive better. game. Yeah. This was not a competitive game. It, it wasn't. It just, you know, and, you know, I, I know it was, you know, first team versus reserves for the most part, but. Well, that's it our own fault, though. You can't. Different class. That's not even an excuse. I mean, why do you think you're going to go well, up and I'm play a rival? That it's an excuse, no, I know, but that that right there goes back to the coaching. You're bringing a B team up here to play your number one rival that already kicked your ass one zero in the first game, and now you're going to let them embarrass you four to two. You think they're going to throw some B team out there and give you a chance to defeat them at home after they've already beat you once this year? Hell no. Well, what makes it? What makes it worse is we just got our ass handed to us by RGV. Of course. And then we Austin. That. They were, so we placed our two closest rivals. We ended up losing what? what five, four, seven to, seven to three? Yep. And the, and the games weren't even that close. I know you uh, seven to three, but it should have been 10 to three. It, it was, it was, it's, you know, when you got RGV fans going, man, it sucks being, being a fan of SAFC right now. When you got fans reaching out, you know, or, you know, followers reaching out, hey, what's going on? That tells that tells you what it is. You know, you know, here's an announcement. I was going to save it for later on. I get to go onto the USL show tomorrow. Guess who's invited? Colorado, Charlotte, and San Antonio. They're not the group about you want to be. What's in. going on? 
San Antonio is in the bottom three. Oh, man. All right. We got that out. We got that out. Okay. Let's, let's simmer down now. So, obviously, like you said, San Antonio FC maybe trying to uh, play for the season instead of an open cup run this year. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Coach Powell didn't want to face an MLS team this year because he knew it would be too much of an embarrassment. Uh, but that's done. Open Cup runs over. Uh, didn't even make it as far as as what we did the the previous years. Um, and and then we get to Sacramento. I would have lost to Laredo. I think Laredo would have gave him a better game. Uh, I think Laredo last year would have would have probably gave him a better game. Laredo this year, the the team that they had out there, I just I and you know they lost to the Denton Diablos also in NPSL action. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see. I know they just had a big win over Tyler like eight zero. Um, but yeah, yeah. Laredo might, I, I get where you're coming from. It, 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 it was pretty ugly. I wish Laredo would have at least had the opportunity to go play them because San Antonio FC didn't look like they even wanted to be there. Whereas those kids from Laredo, they didn't get off the bus. yeah, those kids from Laredo probably would have wanted to play. So that's something that, that, you know, we're starting to see every week from week is there's like no pride in this team. You got to go like go in with some pride where you're going against your rivals. I mean, if you, you know, you're here in Texas, like high school football. You're going against your rival. You're, you're going out there to kick their butts. And the last two game, two rival games, you know, it's just showing the fact that we just don't care. We don't care. The players don't care, or the coaching staff don't care. You know, something has to change on that, and and that and that led into what happened in Sacramento. I think what that butt kicking we got Wednesday night affected what happened on on Saturday night. Where's the play? Do you think, though, that some of that too, Rafa, I mean, when you look at this roster, you know, you talk about that, having that respect for the crests and everything. And I, I know Lance kind of talked about that a little bit last season after he had that goal and, and kissed his crest. But when you look at this roster, I mean, outside of Matt Cardoni and then the youth players, obviously, that, you know, we've promoted, a lot of these guys don't really have any kind of ties or relation to San Antonio or, or Texas, for that matter. I mean, there seems to be a lot of dysfunction just amongst the players, like you guys talked about that you witnessed on Wednesday night, the bickering at one another. You know, those are things that just aren't good for a team environment. And when guys start trying to just be, you know, messies and take everybody one-on-one, it's it's not going to work out well for the attack. But I think it goes deeper than that because – for, you know, from what I've been hearing, and of course it's unconfirmed, is this team is a bunch of individuals again. Um, they don't really hang out. They don't, you know, they'll show up and practice. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll do the team functions, but they're not there for each other. And, and at this level, I think that's important. And I'm not saying you got to have everybody, you know, all 22 just hanging out all together. But you got to have your core of your guys. You got to have your leadership. You know, you involve the entire team, or at least the starting lineup, or the majority of them. And I think we're starting to see, or we're starting to hear the whispers out that that's just not the case. And and I know uh, Chris Hockman put out an article, you know, this afternoon. You know, this afternoon, you know, kind of hitting that with with uh, you know with uh, you know you know number five Amir Didich living that. There's something amiss, you know, in the San Antonio locker room, and you know, I you know, I DM'd you know, had you know, one of one of the guys, I think it was from Phoenix or uh, 
um, that reached out to me is like, you know, what the hell is going on? You know, because nobody expects this. You know, when you look at the roster, it's, you know, you don't expect San Antonio to be closer to last place. If you really look at the standings, we're three points out from, from, from last place. We're down in Tacoma territory. Then we are closer to the 10th, you know, 10th spot Play for the playoffs. Spot. You know, we're closer to last place. I don't think people really understand that, how bad it really is. Um, and, and I think we saw our sign today, unfortunately, uh, because, you know, we, we said, hey, if, if they go 0-3, you know, between RGV, Austin, and Sac Republic, is, would that push a result in what we're what 930 on Monday and as of yet nothing's been released you know they've um, they're saying hey we're focusing on Reno and you know, you know, the, you know well, there's a, a separate discussion that I'm going to address at the end but it, it's like they're we're going to ride out this season now I'm going to still be there because you know I support you know my team through thick and thin but I hate to tell you this, it's going to be a long year, you know, and, and I think SAFC is just going to ride it out, unfortunately, because I don't see them making a change. If they're not making a change after this this week's results, why would they? Yeah, and, and you know, we got into a discussion on Twitter about, you know, that usually if you're going to see those types of things happen, it's going to be after, you know, a, a rival match or, or something like that where it's really going to be kind of – that emotion that's maybe a part of it. But like you said, as long as they've lasted now with just not caring about it, I don't know if they're going to make a change because like you say, how, how much worse can it get? I mean, who else can you lose to? How much worse can you get embarrassed? We didn't just lose to RGV in, in Austin. We got embarrassed by RGV got in embarrassed. Austin. It's, you can't, there's, it used to be you could shit talk. You can't shit talk them right now. There, there's nothing Anybody, you can say. You know, to you anyone. can make fun of a, you know the attendance, but they're gonna be like, "Hey, scoreboard, you know, five, four, two, three, one, and then what the hell are you gonna say? You can't say anything. Well, and then you just sound like FC Cincinnati. And I don't know if we can even brag about our attendance <laughs> this year because that's been pretty pathetic as well, and I don't think those numbers are going to increase anytime soon. Well, that's that's the other issue. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I was kind of curious because I, I did make a comment uh, a little bit uh, on on Twitter earlier this week uh, regarding you know a player that I felt like had kind of done a, a pretty good job as far as his effectiveness this year for San Antonio FC, and uh, that's Bradford Jameson. And you know, maybe it's just a little bit more of the eye test, and and maybe just a little bit more of his youth. But when I look at this roster and just kind of maybe the guys that I feel like still have some potential uh, for San Antonio FC, he was one of them that just kind of stood out to me a few matches. And I guess really and truly it's mainly just kind of his effectiveness. Uh, I was just looking at his stats here, and uh, he only has 10 shots basically all season. Excuse me. Uh, Yeah, 10 shots all season long. But if you look at those four on target and three goals – so he's efficient in the chances that he takes, and, and he gets, you know, a lot of them on frame. And uh, I, I know in the Sacramento match in that first half, they, they only had, what, two attempts on target. And, you know, one of those was his, obviously deflected back to the keeper and everything, not really a, a true shot on target. But, Rafa, I, I know he was one of them that you're just not sold on yet. What is it about Jamison's game, kind of, that you're hesitant to jump on board? Well, watching him Wednesday night, he was just not making any good runs. He wasn't making any diagonal runs to create space. I mean, if you're a forward, you know, you need to create space, your own plays to create chances. 
And he just kind of like wanders, waits and waits, kind of wait till the play develops. You know, he really has no creativity, which is weird coming in from LA Galaxy. You know, you're coming from an MLS team that has, you know, a lot better training than what we have right now. Mm-hmm. So, plus, you know, I'm sure he learns a thing or two from Slatan. <laughs> You'd hope so. I mean, you know, you would think he would be the best player on the team coming from that environment. But it just shows that listen, maybe that's the reason why the Galaxy put him on loan is, hey, you know, you need to get your button gear and show us something or we're just going to release you. And I've not seen anything on him. Like I said, there was a couple plays, you know, that he could have created space and he just didn't, just doesn't want that or not aggressive, chasing after balls, you know, pressing, causing pressure. Same thing happened on Saturday night too, you know, he until the – we made that change when Channel came in. Right, you know, for spaces. You know, he's they're a lot too different fours. And he needs to kind of re- realize and especially watch this tape and say, you know what, I need to move around, create space, give my team a chance. You know, I know they're playing too much of that long ball, but, you know, those through balls, if they're sitting down the corner, he's got an opportunity to take off and go and make, you know, either create chances to score or, or you know, give off assists or so forth so that's what i'm seeing on his game is he's not putting the effort to or he's not having the creativity off the ball chances off the ball and, and I, I think that's kind of where san antonio fc is maybe struggling right now um with you know where we've sat kind of the last few games there uh, in 114 or, or 112 it's a little bit more difficult to kind of see what's going on off the ball uh, from that viewpoint. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Pirano where uh, fans are not fans, but I know I've criticized his game in terms of, you know, trying to take on too many guys and ends up losing the ball and, and not creating chances. But I think what we do is, is we tend to focus on what's going on on the ball and not focused on what's going on, you know, off of it. And if guys aren't moving and guys aren't getting open, you know, and, and I'm sure you coach, this goes back to the basics. You know, if, if you're not in a passing lane, if, if you're not at that angle where he can see you and play defeat, you know, you're not available to help him out. And I think that's where San Antonio FC in general is just struggling with making some of those off-the-ball runs. See, I'm sorry, I Piranha hasn't made, like, uh, in strides as far as going more because he got a really good mentor, which is Rafa Castillo. I mean, you learn from him. When you watch, when you watch it on Wednesday night, he really did move the ball a lot. He was involved in a lot of the plays, and I think Prado needs to kind of watch him and get, you know, hopefully get some under his wing and show, mm-hmm. hey, you know, kid, you know, this is what you need to, need to do. This is how you should do it. You have the speed, you have the charisma for it, but here, I'm going to show you how to manage the field and I think that's what's missing for him and I ho- I wish like I said Rafa would take him under his wing and you know and show him the ropes for that but I think the other issue and this is what we saw in Rafa or probably in Austin with you know standing right next to Rafa you've got players that'll make the run but the but the, but the player will ignore it and he'll try to cut back in instead of doing the easy pass through there, and I think that's part of the frustration, and, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit on, on on Jameson's part is, why am I going to make the run when you know the ball gets stopped? And that can be a frustra- frustrating part, um, Harry. I think he just froze up a little bit, but uh, yeah, take it too, trying to make exactly. If if you're not getting the pass when you're making the runs, that that can be a frustrating. Why am I going to continue to do that? 
Seeing that as a player, you got to sacrifice that to create space. That's something I tell my players. It's like, even if you don't get the ball, you're creating space to hopefully maybe someone else gets open and gets the ball in another way. And that's, I think that comes down to the selfishness of the players. And that's where we're seeing a lot of the bickering. You know, there's one play that Lang had a Restrepo open for a, for an overlap and Lang tried to dribble through four guys. The obvious easy pass was to, you know, was to Restrepo to send the cross. You know, and that's what I'm seeing is that the, there's too much individual play. I don't want to sacrifice for this team. You know, why should I, you know, I guess you mentioned, why should I run if I'm not going to get the ball? That, that attitude has to change. Well, especially as a professional, you know, like I get tired of making runs and not getting passed in the Sunday morning league because my <laughs> ass is out of shape. And if I make that run, I'm only, I know I only got about three of them in me per match. So, you know, it's like there goes 33% of my energy for the day. But you're right. A lot of times it's more creating spaces for other guys and opening up the field and creating those passing lanes because if nobody's moving and everything's just getting congested, then that's not going to be there. And that is what we saw in the match versus Sacramento. And then another thing, you know, that I thought was pretty interesting, moving on now kind of more towards the Sacramento match, um, just to give Chris more props, you know, he came up with the, uh, the offside stat. And uh, that, you know, uh, Sacramento had been caught, uh, I think it was like nine times offside in, in their previous game. And I feel like San Antonio FC, that's kind of what our back four tries to do a lot of the times with how flat they play. And, and you saw in that first goal or, or the, the first one that got called back where it was luckily an offside call because the player flicked it. Um, otherwise, I think he would have been on. Um, but we just we get burned too much trying to play that flat back four with that offside trap versus going to more of a diamond and just kind of stretching it out a little bit so you can kind of get back and cover those deep balls. Uh, what do you think, Rafa, about the offside trap? Uh, you know, I kind of made the comment, live by the sword, die by the sword. I just don't know if it's working out for San Antonio FC. I don't think they have the discipline for that. And and you can tell. I mean, there if you're going to run an offside trap, you have to be in sync. All four defenders have to be in sync. And I don't see anybody taking control, especially your center mids, your center defenders. They have to take control, pushing everybody up, getting back down and so forth. I think that's something that we lost, having not having SIP anymore. I think he gave an advantage for us having that, you know, that being the captain of the defense, mm-hmm. you know, you know, controlling all that. We don't have that anymore. There's like no communication. This is a lot of finger pointing. I mean, we he could go to a three-five-two, play a three-back. You know, it's, uh, it's going to create a lot of more spaces. I mean, your your outside backs do going to have to come back outside. You know, from your wings, have to run back to defend. But you know, it's it all comes down to discipline, playing that that outside trap, and we just don't. The players just don't have it. They just, you know, it's too much into. Like I said, it, it comes down to individual play. You know, not listening. No one wants to take control, and that's that's that has to change. How big of an injury has it been with Mo uh, Mo Hernandez out? I, I think that has been it's been a huge, and it's why it's part of the reason why I don't understand why San Antonio FC has not brought in a real left back or right back or one that can play both on here. You know, because they're trying to fit, put Lance Lang in there, which is putting him in an impossible situation because he doesn't play it. Um, and, 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 you know, like I said here, you may be able to get away with that <laughs> against Laredo, 
mm-hmm. but going against UPSL teams, you know, and I, I think you, Rafa, you said at the game, they just kept going down on that side because they knew it was a weakness. And you don't Thinking think Sacramento it. did the same thing. Um, you know, if, if, you know, hope Mo's back, you know, this week, don't get me wrong, but if he's not out, why aren't we trying to bring in somebody, you know, a little bit more quality or, you know, if they don't have the confidence, but I think Fenwick has played it. Um, uh, what, 15, Ackman? I think it's Ackman. Ackman had a good, yeah, Ackman had a good game. Ackman had it. You know, why isn't he playing out there instead of putting Lang in there? So, to me, that's, you know, to me it all comes back to, you know, either Tim Holt on how he constructed the team, you know, slash Coach Powell, because I think Coach Powell has a heavy decision in it. And then, you know, to me, you know, has – has the players started to shut out Coach Powell? And, you know, because looking at the effort, this isn't the effort from the previous three teams um, that we've seen. This is an effort that I'm used to seeing in, I think it was what the odd years of the Scorpions where, you know, they'd have a really good year and then they'd have a shittier the next year, you know, because they, they would bring, bring in lower level players, you know, and I think the players are there. I just don't think, you know, you know, the common denominator is Coach Powell. Well, and I think that's a common denominator, but, you know, I think it goes back to to Rafa's point about communication. You know, here we are trying to run more of an offside trap, and we scored an own goal because we can't even communicate between the keeper and one of our defenders whether or not he's coming out to scoop the ball up or whether or not, you know, we're going to clear it out. And he tried to pass it back to Cardoni, and Cardoni was running out there to go scoop it up, and we scored an own goal. That's how bad our communication is on the pitch. So... You know, if they're if they're not talking to each other and communicating, let with me each ask other. you a question on that. Who do you put that on? I put that more on Cardoni, and, and you know, that's the weakest part of his game. Do you put that more on him, or because I think Yarrow has been one of our better defenders, or do you? But this. Yeah, I, I think you definitely have to put that on Cardoni. Uh, you could see the frustration, I feel like, from, from Yarrow after that happened. You know, and he was sitting there just kind of griping. And I'm like, dude, why the don't you talk to me and say something if you're coming out like that, you know? So you could tell he was kind of taken aback and surprised by the fact that he didn't hear anything from his keeper. Now, had Cardoni sat there and yelled, mine, 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 and he still played the ball back, then it's going to be on Yarrow, not being able to kind of hear the audio or or be there to see exactly what happened. But just based upon the expression that I felt like Yarrow had after that happened, that it might have been on Cardoni. Yeah, it, it looked like on that play that he assumed that he was going to call him off. And I think he did call him off, but, to, but it was already too late. And that's something, you know, Cardoni needs to improve on. You know, that's something Restrepo didn't have problems with his first communication in the back. As far as Cardoni physical, physically, you know, he had made some great. I mean, he saved her, but I mean, this oh, game yeah. could have been five six zero without all those saves he made. I mean, it, it should have been, it should have been a blowout, but you know, mm-hmm. that communication cost us that game. If, if he gets that ball, you're talking a one one tie, possibly one right. one tie, if we get a point. So those are the little things that needs to be fixed. What is Coach Powell doing to fix that? We have no clue. You know, as a coach, you have to recognize that. But also, as far as like the you know the GMs and the your your upper you know your owners and all that, a win is enough. You know, you know you have to realize you know what we got to get you know get 
they could change. You know, if you, I'll give you a perfect example: the game, the Real Madrid game versus Barcelona with Lopetegui, they get blown out. They get rid of him. They bring somebody else in. You know, they didn't wait to, you know, well, it's just one game. We're just gonna, you know, you got your butt kicked by a rival. Got to make a change. Well, and that's getting- what we're not seeing right now. We already got our butts kicked by two rivals. You know. I think it's time for a change. You know, is El Paso going to be the trifecta that we end up, you know, finally realizing, you know what, we do need to make a change now. But the, by that time, it'll be too late. And that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're 13 games into the season. You know, you're talking about what's Coach Powell doing to improve communication on the squad. I mean, that that's something that you should have in place before the first whistle blows. I mean, that's what you're doing in preseason when you're having all those games against Trinity and University of Incarnate Word and St. Mary's School for the Blind. I mean, if you can't get your communication down in, in preseason where you're, I mean, something as simple as you've got it when you're coming out of the box, how do you expect them to do it now that they're 13 games into the season? What's going to change? What's going to click now? But I also think going back to it, and I said it was a mistake of the time, they didn't take any away trips this year to, to build up that team. And, and I'm sorry, you know, hey, it's great to train here in San Antonio and stuff like that. It was awesome to have St. Louis come down and, and, and I'm assuming train between the two, two squads. But you got to be able to go out and have a test on the road, be able to get used to, you know, life on the road. And, and I'm sorry, Dallas, you know, up and down is not that. You need you need that week, week away, you know, to be able to get people together, to be able to find, hey, how are we actually going to function as a team? That way you can get away from the home distractions but they didn't do that this year for the first time. You know, the previous years they had went out to what Phoenix and, and, and Florida this year, they did not. So, you know, to me, it kind of goes back to, you know, Hey, are they doing a little cost cutting? And, and that's the reason why there needs to have this perception that SS and E doesn't fire coaches. If you look prior to coach Pat, not that they don't have that history, you know, I know recent history is blogged because they've had a goat for a coach and Coach Popovich. Uh, pardon me, I think I said Coach Pop earlier. Coach Popovich, um, but that's something that SSNE. You know, if you look historically pre-Pop, they did they 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 were not shy on moving coaches. No, that's yeah. a great point. Not having any kind of like real road trip this season or any test or any camaraderie. I mean, I. Yeah, something's going on a little bit with the connection, but we can still hear you. Just a, just a little intermittent. Um, but I saw where, uh, you know, um, Tier Pack, um, it, you know, had a hat trick there for Austin Bold uh, this past weekend. Uh, saw where, you know, Cochran now is expecting the uh, the birth of a child. And you see guys like Pekka going on there and commenting, congratulations, and, you know, with Sip, and they're having twins. And you see kind of all the old SC players chiming in. Now, granted, those are big life-changing events, not just a casual post, but you feel like you kind of see some of that connection still between existing San Antonio FC players and some of those pre-existing players that are no longer there with the club. And I, I just feel like, again, that same common denominator is, is going to be Coach Powell. I mean, what do you think, Rafa, in terms of just kind of that team camaraderie and, and, and what we can do to try and fix that? I think you just have to cut the the head off the snake. You know, it's it's time. You know, is Marcina the answer? You know, they're gonna try to relive like I said with the Scorpions. You know, who knows? 
honestly think there was a I did read that article from uh, from Chris, you know, about that player. It's like the difference of style of coaching from it's from Swope Park and from mm-hmm. here, you know, could that be a difference? You know, maybe we do need a coach that's more player player friendly, or but it still expects them to go out there a hundred percent, not make any excuses. You know, that's that's what I think we honestly need as a coach because if you can tell, I mean, even the game when we got scored on, he just stood there with his hand like this, and you know. They score on me. I'm gonna get pump on my players. Like, hey, let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's 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 get back from this, you know. But I I just don't see that. He's just like, okay, we just got scored on. Whatever, you know. You know, they need to bring someone very charismatic. I think that will bring life back to the team. Who who's out there? You know, we don't know. You no, know, I mean, maybe they can bring Maradona in. He's coaching second division and. You know, <laughs> you know, you got to make a. They have to make a splash. Yeah. Whoever they get that as the next coach, you got to make a splash. You got to bring the excitement not only for the players in that locker room, but also for the fans, because you're already having fans walking out on this team. Yeah. You know, and and that's and that's not good. And you know, I've already heard little talks here and there about not showing up to the games anymore you know i'm i'm like it's a winner win or lose i'm gonna support my team but some they're not you know die hard you know winning's nice and it's gonna attract more people but still you have to make a change you got to show an effort so you know what we're willing to make a change to better make things a lot better I agree. I mean, you know, we got an upcoming match here uh, for a home game uh, against Reno on Saturday. And then I'm not going to have another one there for a a little while until the, uh, you know, the Wednesday night match, I believe, is the next home one uh, against uh, El Paso Locomotive. And then so as far as like a Saturday match goes, we're going to have one basically for this month, you know, and then there's not going to be anything there for a little while. So, uh, it's going to be important for them, I think, to have a good showing uh, here in this match against Reno. Uh, Harry, I, I know we're kind of coming up now a little over an hour. Uh, you know, were there any other topics of discussion before we kind of get into uh, final thoughts as far as this episode goes? Yeah, I apologize about my uh, connection. It doesn't seem like it's uh, working how it should be, but uh, um, I guess I shouldn't have tra- tra- trashed the a- to Todd at the start of this. (laughs) Karma's a bitch. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Samba sent me a message saying the Samba ladies have a friendly on Wednesday at Soccer Zone uh, Live Oak uh, versus the PASL San Antonio women's team. Games at 5.30 and tickets are $5 at the door. So um, if you don't have anything to do uh, at 5.30 um, or over in the area, go out and support uh, the the lady Samba uh, teams there. Uh, for that here as a friendly here um but to me the other the other big thing that came out uh, this afternoon um is san antonio fc um i guess the only way to say it unofficially is having a pride night uh, yeah what's up with that I, I saw your comments on that i thought you would have been ecstatic about that and everything and, and then i because i kind of saw mission city firms post i don't think i saw san antonio fc's actual post Explain to us, though, what you mean about well, they that. They didn't. That's the problem. Okay. Um, the, there's two ladies that that are are running the night. Um, and let me just pull up uh, 
the quote here. Yeah, because I kind of missed the announcement from San Antonio FC. Obviously, you know, I think all the San Antonio FC fans are, are more than happy to celebrate a uh, Pride Night here in San Antonio. Like I say, I saw Mission City Firm already kind of posting about it. What uh, what did the post say? Uh, hold on. Oh, my apologies. I, I thought you were waiting on me, man. I said, shut up, Scott. I got it right here in front of me, and I'll tell you what they said. <laughs> So basically what it was, I thought I had tweeted it out here. It could have just been, you know, that time where I got home from work and in between making dinner and everything. And I was really excited about Chris's article today, too, and and for that moving forward. Of course, I can't find it right now. Yeah, because I was about to say I'm not seeing anything actually on San Antonio FC's page about it. I just saw the graphic. Well, it's not on San Antonio. It's on. Uh, it's a lady Bree here. Hold on. Did you want to do your, uh, or, or did you want to do Rafa's? Yeah, Rafa. Yeah, that's that, back to it. that's fine. Yeah, absolutely, Rafa. What about you, man? Any final thoughts? I, I know you kind of had some time now to rest and relax. What's on I'm the mind? Looking forward to see if we can bounce back. I know I know it's going to be a tough Reno. I mean, to beat them would be it's going to be it'll be an upset. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward for that. Hopefully, we can pull through, and then we got Gold Cup coming up, uh, Women's World Cup. Um, African Nations Cup, so lots of lots of soccer this June for America. So we're really exciting. Um, very boring UEFA final, <laughs> 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 except for that. Except for the streaker. I saw your memes, man. Those were hilarious. Yeah, that I I thought that game was going to be a lot more exciting because you know, I mean you got two rival teams mm-hmm. in the EPL that hate each other and. And this just it was more. It's like this is a lot less entertaining than. I mean, a high school soccer game is more entertaining than this. Yeah, so like, one handball determined the match, huh? Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking for like I said, I am looking for for the Gold Cup. And I know Mexico is playing Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. We got a friendly up in Atlanta, so I think it's against Venezuela or Ecuador, or one of those two. And I think they're playing in Dallas on Sunday, so they got two warm ups right before. They're the start of the Gold Cup. I don't know who the U.S. is playing. I haven't checked their schedule yet. We only played Jamaica on uh, on Wednesday because I'm surprised Omar Gordon wasn't in the uh, the uh, 18 or the, the roster for it. Um, and I guess they kind of mentioned that this is just a friendly, but uh, there are still plans for him because uh, you know you know Omar being a former SAFC player, I do try to follow him and. Uh, you know, hope him and I guess the, the Phoenix guys have quite a few of them that are going to be on the team. But I did find the tweet here. So uh, Las Rojas, uh, you know, asked, hey, why hasn't, you know, SAFC announced it as of yet? Um, Bree at uh, the Bree underscore G uh, responded with this. It says, this is a special group night that I wanted to put out uh, together this season. I love the idea of being able to bring in the LBGTQ community and the soccer community together. I'm very happy to have gotten the support within the organization to make this night happen. Um, it has not been promoted by the club because it is not an official theme night rather than an event that I made available to the public. I look forward to making this a fun night for anyone who would like to join us and celebrate football for everyone. So it's one of those unofficial official things here where, um, 
SAFC signed off on it because they had to, but they're not going to be promoting it. So I'm kind of interested in how that'll turn out. However, they are offering a ticket and, and a scarf combo, which I'm going to do because I, I want the scarf here, uh, you know, for it here. I can't be one saying, hey, why don't you have it? And then not support it here. Um, you know, I was kind of having a, a discussion with, with Las Rojas um, on this here. And we have a feeling this is probably kind of a tester to see how well it is perceived and supported here in San Antonio. Um, so if you, you know, if you are going to, I think it's 22 bucks, you know, to get the scarf for, you know, starting to, you know, tickets at 14 bucks, um, you know, and Brie, uh, you know, Brie at, at, at the Brie underscore G, um, she has a link there where you can, uh, go on and I'll retweet the, the, the link back out, uh, for that here, but there is a group where you can go in and, uh, sign up. Cause if you just buy the ticket, it doesn't have the scarf combo. So you do have to go through this uh, special link to be able to do it. But that, so to me, it's one of those, you know, hey, it's a good thing that they're doing it, but they're, you know, it's like they're dipping their toes in it a little bit, you know, per se, and, and, and testing the water. So, well, to their credit, they are doing it. Looks like a pregame mixer starting at five thirty, a postgame photo op, and then donating a portion of the ticket proceeds to the uh, the Pride Center here in San Antonio. So, so why wouldn't you, if you're going to be doing that, why wouldn't you? So, and I'm not saying they're not supporting it, and, and but based on, you know, based on here where they say that it's it's uh, not an official theme night. But I don't understand why, why it's not an official theme night. Why can't they add a, it as an official theme night? Because if the there's a scarf, like, on what doesn't make it an official? Beer. What doesn't make it an official theme night though? If it's a scarf with a ticket and post game photo on field and 5:30 pregame mixer and it's dollar drink night, that to me is a theme night, right? Like the scarf is yeah. Pride scarf. The match is Pride night out with SAFC. They may not just have tweeted it out yet because it's the El Paso locomotive match and it's not till Wednesday, June 26th. And right now I think they're still kind of trying to promote their military appreciation stuff that they just put out for this match with the military appreciation scarf. But I'm looking here at the the flyer that uh, Mission City Firm tweeted out. I mean, it looks exactly like a San Antonio FC flyer with well, the graphics and everything else. That's, that's, and to me that's kind of the odd thing of – but you don't, and I'd have to check to see if it is on the actual official website. If it is on the app. And that's why, I mean, we'll have to, yeah. We'll, it's not, I didn't see it on the app, did you? Oh, it's not on the app. It's, it's a still, theme night. Okay. Yeah, it's a theme night at all. Gotcha. So, so it definitely I, was something like last minute. It, it wasn't like a fourth. It seems like it was just kind of a secondary thought that they, they tried to throw together or whatever real quick. But yeah, hopefully it is a good test and, and they see a good result and it continues to grow and they do more with it. Because I know, but yeah, looking at their site, there's not, you know, and I, and I understand it just came out this afternoon. Yeah, but there's there's not the promotion like it, what like you've seen with the for other ones. An actual fiesta theme night, or so. I, I got you. I was just wondering what you meant by like that it wasn't a theme night because, like I said, I just saw that flyer and I didn't even realize San Antonio FC hadn't tweeted that out. But so. when you look at it, you would think it's official. Yeah, you know, I think that's what's kind of confusing people is why 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 SAFC the official Twitter is not it's like you know is, is not behind it. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's just like lukewarm. <laughs> it's and that's why I say it's almost like they're dipping their toes. It's it's, it's sure. kind of a test case to see what kind of response there is to it. And it's interesting which, they pick a Wednesday night match too. You know, granted it's a big match versus El Paso, but it's not like it's a Saturday well, game. It's it just a big kind match? of a, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to pay attention. Hopefully they do kind of promote that a little bit more and everything here in the coming weeks. I know I thought that that scarf that they came out with uh, for the military appreciation thing was pretty sweet. I, I kind of like that more than 
some of the ones they've done in the past, so I know I'll probably get that one. I kind of try to limit myself with the number of scarves I buy this season when they start doing all these different theme nights because I really don't need the ticket, you know, so it becomes... You don't want to have the whole thing, like, I readjusted my scarves and basically the whole row behind me outside of um, the Detroit City Kitty Scarf and the... Uh, the American Outlaws, San Antonio or Texas one, and you know the three supporter scarves. The rest are all SAFC scarves. Yeah, they, they do. I a have lot. no problem. Yeah, I try and you know I'll spend like twenty dollars <laughs> on a scarf each year, but yeah, you got to kind of watch it a little bit. So, well, no, as far as final thoughts go for me, I mean, you know, to the people that are frustrated, don't let somebody tell you that you can't be upset with the team and still be forever loyal. Uh, I think you can still be a loyal fan while still critiquing what you're seeing within the organization. And, you know, like we've all kind of said, we're going to be the ones that stick it out. Um, you know, I think the ones that are most critical, a lot of them are the ones that are going to stick it out and continue to go. Uh, and, and you're going to lose some people because of fair weather fans. I mean, that's the nature of the business when you're not winning and when you're not performing well, some people just aren't going to show up. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like that uh, everybody has a right to feel how they want to about the club and the organization. And uh, there's nothing worse than, you know, somebody telling you that, uh, well, you must not be a real supporter because you're critiquing the club and, and not just playing in fields of dandelions and, and sunflowers. But I think that makes you the real supporter, you know, because if, you know, if, you know, and, and that's be hopefully careful. what I'm instilling in AJ is you know hey it's not always it's not always going to be roses you know you're not going to win the you're not going to be the patriots and win a championship or win your division every year you're going to have some lean years it's how you still support the team it's how you come back and you know yeah you know i consider myself probably one of the people that you know heavily you know is at least openly criticizes the team on social media but yet i'm right there that also praises them on stuff like this today you know, for that here. And, and, um, you know, as, as long as you, as, as long as you're, as you're showing up, you're still investing into the club, you know, to me, I'd rather vent on social media than, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't boo at a stadium, but, you know, to me, I feel like, you know, Hey, this is my outlet at the stadium. Even if things aren't going well, I'm still going to be yelling support and shouting to them as opposed to, you know, walking out of the stadium and, and, and going that route because this is a safety event for you to be able to say, hey, um, and, and like I said here, you, know, you don't necessarily need to tag SAFC. You don't need to tag, you know, you know players because I do think that crosses the line here um, unless you know that player here, you know, you know especially if you don't know the player. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, to me, my final thought is going to be for Yarrow. Um, you know, it, it sucks that, you know, how, how that own goal happened, but um, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm a hundred percent him behind our, all year because he's been one of our best players and, um, you know, it, 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 it was a mistake and, and you could tell he was not happy with it to put it lightly. Um, but you know, it happens. That's why you play the game. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna have seasons like this. And as a fan and as a supporter group, you know, I won't lie to you. I was disappointed that, um, None of the, you know, not really, there was no represent, representation in Austin by 118, by the Crocketeers or 210 Alliance. I, you know, I'm sorry, it's 90 miles away. I know it's a work night, but as a supporters group, you know, you should you should at least have a small presence there. You don't have to be like a Saturday night, don't get me wrong, but there should have been, you know, fans there 
because um, to be honest with you, that's what the Bolt supporters called us out the most on is, hey, where, you know, where are you guys today compared to the first game? Well, we'll have to see what happens uh, here against Reno this weekend. And, uh, you know, obviously a huge match with El Paso coming up. Uh, they're going to be having some tickets uh, for El Paso. They've already announced the sections and everything like that for their supporters. So we'll have to see. Like I say, thank God that that match is a Wednesday. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm a little concerned there might be more locomotive fans there in attendance uh, than San Antonio FC ones, uh, whether they live here locally. Uh, I don't or... go that far, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little bit of a stretch. All right, all right. That's my hot take for tonight. This is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out. We're out.